Hello, everyone. The following discussion is a series of interviews with Demon Media's alumni, all in part of celebration of Demon Media turning 25 years old this year. Originally founded in 1996, in the 25 years since its formation, Demon Media has gone from strength to strength and is now enjoying its quarter of a century anniversary. So don't forget to check out the rest of Demon FM's content, as well as the content created by Demon TV and the Demon Magazine. Demon FM. Hello everyone, it's me again, Reese, the Deputy Station Manager for Demon FM this year, with another lovely interview with us, with another Demon Media alumni. Joining me this time is Ellie Power. Hello, Ellie. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Um, I have a, I'm, I'm at my mum's at the moment and there's a baby in the house. So surprisingly, I managed to get enough sleep last night. <laughs> you weren't called upon to do the checkup and the change in the feed or anything? Oh, no, I think I'd cry if I had to do that. <laughs> Same. The fun part of being an aunt or an uncle, you get all of the fun of the baby, but none of the responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically I'm just poke her, make her smile, and then anything difficult, yeah, just hand, hand her over. Yeah, there I don't go. know what I'm doing here. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you for joining me today. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have a conversation. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And yeah, it's just a chance to reflect on your time at Demon and how it's led you to where you are now. Before we were talking, and you've got a very impressive job role at the moment. But uh, before we get into that, do you want to tell us a bit about you know, what years you attended DMU and what it was you studied? Uh, yeah, I attended DMU from 2014 to 2017, and I studied media production. And I can confirm I was not a very good student. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah, um, that's just through sheer stubbornness and spite, I think. But um, yeah, I wasn't a good student. <laughs> I love that. Stubbornness and spite. You don't think I can do it? Well, I'll show you. Yeah, love no, that. That, was a, that was 100% my motivation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned that you're uh, in a production role for a TV film at the moment. Which is uh, yeah, I'm working as a production assistant. So I'm on the team with like the production coordinator and the line producer, working on a film for BBC and Netflix. That's I'm not exactly sure when it'll come out, but uh, we're filming until August, and uh, then it's all the tidy up afterwards. Yes, um, lovely. It's, it's excellent. It's so much fun, and also extremely stressful at the same time. So it's kind of weird to describe something as fun and stressful. <laughs> Is it that kind of, you You know the hard work that goes into it, but you're aware of what the end result will be, and because it's that enjoyable, it's worth dealing with the stress. Is it that kind of work? Sort of, but um, from what I've, because I mean, I've done a lot of jobs at this point, the project itself isn't always as important as you think it is. It's the team you're working with that's mm. the most vital. So if you get along with who you're working with and, you know, you're all, you can all be friends or even just supportive of each other, um, it doesn't actually, you can work on the worst film in the world, but you'll still love every second of it if you have a good team. I think that stands to reason for a lot of workplaces as well. Some previous jobs I've had, it was the team that I worked with that made me stick around in them for as long as I did. 
have made yeah, it bearable. Exactly like so that. I totally get that. I've worked on some stuff which once I finally saw the end result, I was like, oh, that is a bad, bad Hollywood film. <laughs> ah, okay. But I enjoyed making it, so I still mm-hmm. have good memories of it. And it paid the bills. So yes. <laughs> well, yeah. How many? So, aside from what you're working on now, what are some of the other projects you've worked on? If you, if you can tell us that. Uh, well, um, it's not out yet, but I worked on a Marvel film, The Eternals. Uh, oh, you okay? You know you're what that talking is. to a massive nerd. In the X Men poster <laughs> in the background didn't give it away, and there's a like yeah. a. I've got a bookshelf of quite possibly over a thousand. <laughs> over on the other side of my room so oh, don't, I have a huge comic book collection as well but it's mostly Batman that is perfectly understandable and respectable mm-hmm. I'm a bit um, more Marvel mine's more X-Men and uh, Young Avengers and stuff like that but no we love some Batman as well anyway sorry I'm geeking out I've got, I've got, I've got some DC versus Marvel from like the 90s I think um, oh, they so, did- yeah I think it's like Batman versus Hulk or something like that. Yeah, they did a crossover event where it was like the Avengers versus the Justice League or something like that. I've not read it, but I'd like to see it. I can confirm um, Wonder Woman can hold Captain America's hammer. Oh, uh, Thor's hammer. Oh, Thor's hammer. Yeah, no, sorry. I was thinking of the last film, wasn't I? (laughs) She can hold Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yes, love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, I also worked on the last Wonder Woman film. <gasps> is Gal Gadot, I don't know if you've ever met her, but is she is flawlessly stunning in real life. Yeah, I've even seen her without makeup and she looked gorgeous. We um, love and hate that at the same time. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm bisexual, so I love it. I, I, did, I saw her in a very small dressing gown because it was like, like 30 degrees after she finished filming getting chased by a wasp so that was that was pretty amusing <laughs> i love that that's that's oh my god you have sounds like you have like the coolest job i mean just the ri- ridiculousness of that gal gadot as wonder woman <laughs> running away from a wasp oh what a story break that out Ooh. at parties you go to that's amazing um <laughs> and <laughs> I also, for a little, for a very brief period, I worked on The Little Mermaid, um, which is still being filmed as we're speaking, yes. um, but I didn't work on it for very long. I lived a bit too far away from Pineapple mm. Studios um, for me to not get be exhausted. Yeah. So I worked there for a little bit, sort of set up and then um, left around Christmas time. Mm. But yeah, good team there. Yeah. And I've also done bits and bobs. I got to, this isn't actually that impressive, like, at all, but I worked at the cast and crew screenings for the last Star Wars film. Oh, my God, amazing. Yeah, I got a free poster from that, so that's pretty good. Um, 10 out of 10 for free posters. <laughs> of course, because Pinewood Studios, so many films get done over here, because I think Britain's oh, yeah. sort of one of the leading places for film production, because we've got the tech and we've got the you know, the spaces and, well, the theatrical history as well. Yeah, um, Disney have done a deal with Pinewood Studio. I think that's like the next 10 to 14 years. So most Marvel films are going to be filmed there. You're going to have the inside tea, the inside scoops. Um, You sound like, I mean, if you continue working on them, girl, you've got an amazing couple of years career ahead of you. That's so cool. (laughs) 
Well, the problem is I'm actually really, really fickle with um, the jobs I pick. Okay. Um, so um, I will only take a job if I think it sounds like it would be fun. So nice. I keep wanting to switch dramas. So I went from uh, film to factual programming, mm. um, back to film again. Then um, I did some comedy stuff. And now I'm on TV drama. Basically, I can't make up my mind. And I'm very, very lucky that I'm not a runner anymore because usually <laughs> you have to sort of pick a lane. No, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. Sort of like dipping your toe in each pool and seeing which one that, that you like. Because mm. there's so much variation of kinds of TV and media and films now. I, don't, I think that's, you know, a good thing that you're trying different things and finding what works for you. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to mix it up. Yeah, I ended up having to, I got offered a job on a reality TV series I had to turn down because I got offered Little Mermaid instead. But for, for about a week, I was really excited at the idea of working on uh, Geordie Shore. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, no, a better paying job's come through. Mm. Probably accept that one. We like having monies in the bank account. Oh, yes, definitely. Like paying rent. <laughs> I was going to say that fridge ain't going to fill itself. My priority <laughs> was food. But yes, rent as well. That's very important. <laughs> I like the roof over my head. You're kind of important on the list of priorities, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. You, I mean, having this spectacular career path that you're on then, I'm assuming that you were a part of Demon at the time, in, at your time at university. Uh, what were the kind of things that you were involved in there? And do you feel that working and getting involved in Demon helped you sort of work out and get onto the amazing career path that you're on now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Demon FM especially. Um, I mean, Demon TV, the sort of stuff we did was a lot of fun. Like we had in my first year, we were doing Coffee House where we would film and do a live stream for an artist every Thursday and stuff like that. That was always really, really fun to watch and help out. I think I did a few terrible, terrible vision mixes during my time on that one. But um, yeah, um, Demon FM especially because uh, it's kind of, it's simultaneously related to TV work, mm. but um, it's also unique. For an example, there'll be loads of people who want to work in TV or film who would have just focused on buying a camera, working on music videos, making student films and stuff like that. And none of them are really reflective of what not doing them. All of those things that you would do are not really reflective of what the industry is actually like. Right. But Demon FM, there's, you know, not just the presenters and the producers and assistant producers, but there's, you know, head of programming and station manager and head of imaging. And it's a bit more what TV is like, but also you're actually broadcasting something yes. that's listened to by someone that isn't just your mum. That sounds a bit rude towards Demon TV because <laughs> Demon TV always has to put a huge amount of effort, but there's never a guarantee yes. of an audience. Yeah. Whereas Demon FM at the time, because I think it was 107.5, it's not anymore, is it? No, we uh, we do no longer have the FM license. So we are online only at the moment. Um, but we plug that out as much as we can through the Twitter. Through the Twitter? How old am I? Through Twitter. Through, through our through Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm going to start saying that now. Through the Twitters? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I know you're absolutely right. I think 
because obviously when I first turned up for myself at DMU and I saw Demon and I saw the glossy magazines and heard the shows going out and saw the uh, videos playing, there's a lot of different components behind each strand, you know, because each strand works at a different pace as well. As you say, TV takes a lot of long-term planning to create a piece, whereas FM, it's, it's in the moment. You go on air and you're live and it happens there and then. Yeah, and, and you have to be quick in your planning. Yes, it's um, in a previous discussion I had the other day, um, it, you can't really wing it. I mean, you yeah. can't wing it with TV or the magazine either. You know, it takes planning, but you can't waltz into a studio unless you are happy to have the gift of the gab to be able to do that. And not many people do go with a plan. It, yeah, it's there's a lot of components that work internally to create something. I completely get what you're saying. Yeah, I... I was the presenter for not only um, the media production shows, Intermission and Outer Mission. I was a presenter on Rewind and mm-hmm. Breakfast. Um, I think I was also the producer for Rewind, but I was a graduate at that point and I did a really bad job. <laughs> <laughs> I listened every week, but um, there was very little creative input because, you know, I would have to go to my shift at the Disney store. <laughs> um, yeah, so, have strong opinions about that, don't you? No, no. Uh, the one in Leicester is sadly closed down. Uh, Again? <laughs> yeah, because another one popped up and it was only meant to be for six months, but it was here for four years. But yeah, it's, that's, um, that's the one I worked at. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, the one that popped up. Yeah, the one that was opposite H&M. I can't remember. <laughs> Somewhere. But, no, uh, it was open for four years and uh, it closed down just... Uh, yeah, this week just gone. And I have bought about 10 mugs. I've got this. Oh, it, I remember that being sold. Because um, everything was 50% off as they were closing. But yeah, um, there we go. Tangent everyone I, watching. Um, I remember the first big store closing down and everything being 50% off and I raided it. Oh, all the money that I've earned since um, basically pretty much finishing gone probably already on Disney stuff <laughs> because it's Disney and yeah. yes there are capitalist overlords but I don't care I want them to be I want them to rule the world them and Google it's going to be them yeah yeah <laughs> I mean I I was on universal credit while I was still working at while I was working at that Disney store for a very brief time and I'm pretty sure a huge amount of my budget even with the Disney discount went on Disney stuff Disney. I got I got my other half to admit Beauty and the Beast was good. That was pretty, that was an impressive day because he's just not a Disney man. Animated or live action? Animated, of course. What did you take me for? <laughs> <laughs> Red to filth. Live action. Uh, live action was fine. I'll yeah. watch it if it's I, on. I, but I accidentally in, I accidentally said. Um, that I didn't like the live action Beauty and the Beast when I was working in Little Mermaid. And one of the other runners said, be careful when you say that because a few of us worked on it. And I was like, no. The moment you were like, oh yeah, when I was working on the Little Mermaid, I was like, oh yeah, there probably would have been like people that worked on. Yeah, sometimes it feels like the film industry is about six people in each different department and they work on 12 films at the same time. Oh yeah, because they have... Uh, slates, don't they? Slates of films in production and ready to go out. So, yeah, I can imagine that there's a, a lot of different fingers in a lot of different pies for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the teams. I can tell you this mildly embarrassing story, not for me, for someone else. 
I think my second day on Wonder Woman, bear in mind this was additional photography, so it was reshoots mm. I was working on, not the principal, so I don't think I've gotten a credit in it. My job, I was on the AD team, so assistant mm. directing team, and um, my job was to make sure people didn't walk in on set, so I was sort of hiding behind this big blue screen, mm. and then in the corner of my eye, I see a guy peeing on the back of the blue screen, and he doesn't know he, that I'm there, and he just casually turns his head and he's like, oh, no, crap. And he's like, he, he tries to finish off and like zip up quickly. And he says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that in front of a lady. And I was like, it's That's- okay, you needed the loo. Um, but he, was re- he wouldn't give me eye contact for the rest of the shoot. And I'm then so uh, we bumped into each other on the set of The Eternals. And he immediately remembered why he recognized me. <laughs> I think it was the same day Boris Johnson became Prime Minister. So, you know, it was already a weird day. <laughs> and it was like 39 degrees or something like that. So it was just... I mean, was he that. even allowed to pee there? I don't know. Why? Go to the toilet! Well, because um, film studios are always, always absolutely giant. And okay. technically the loos or the portaloos are nearby are still a few minute trek so if you need to be around to do your job i think he was on the, in the construction department mm. and you need the loo you kind of have to if you i understand it if you're a boy you're kind of lucky <laughs> you can just go behind the blue screen and wait Bro. but he was embarrassed that there was someone technically watching him pee <laughs> within the vicinity would have just been like alright I mean I've heard of people taking the piss but that's quite literally that was a good pun well timed <laughs> thank you I do my best uh-huh. <laughs> very proud okay. of you okay so very interesting so you've lived this astonishing career humble brag that demon in some ways helped you get on that path obviously you oh, yourself, I can I can um, I can talk about directly how it got me on the correct path actually pop off let's hear it okay so working at demon fm got me bear in mind it wasn't paid so I'm not always going to mm. recommend doing this um work experience at the bbc radio uh, I did um two weeks at three counties radio yes um I'm not, I'm no longer interested in sound. Um, It's just not for me. I'm not very technical, but I thought I wanted to give it a go. So I applied for a trainee scheme after that called Mama Youth Project, um, where you get to make a TV show on Sky as a trainee Mm -hmm. when you're on the scheme. It's a very, very tough scheme. And I think they take 24 people per season and they do two seasons a year. Okay. Um, and it was so I learned how to be a boom operator and stuff like that. Um, and that's and because I did that training scheme, I then got a talent manager who then helped me find other work. So, yeah, um, I wouldn't have gotten on that training scheme if it wasn't for the BBC work experience. And I wouldn't have got the BBC work experience if it wasn't for Demon FM. So there is a direct path of Demon FM actually helping me. There we still, go. I'm still at the very, very start of my career. Like um, production assistant isn't Mm. entry level, but it's only sort of barely a step up, but I've still done a lot. Um, And um, 
yeah, so you'd be a runner, then you'd be a production assistant or secretary and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I'm still at the very start, but it has been, yeah, really, really good. It sounds like a heck of a client. I, I mean, it must be so exciting then to think of what lies ahead, I suppose, as you continue to, you know, climb this ladder because you've done some pretty amazing things already. Like, yeah, I don't know how I've managed to. <laughs> um, I had a very, very... It's kind of embarrassing. Um, I got an email the other day saying, oh, yeah, check our Instagram live session to see who's won our competition. I was like, I don't know what that is. That's a random spam email, right? Um, Then I got an email a few days later saying, congratulations, you've won. Turns out I was in a top 10 for a writing competition (laughs) that I don't remember applying for. (laughs) Because I'm I'm not gonna lie, work is hard and difficult mm. and you're constantly thinking about work. So you're going to forget aspects of your oh, yeah. personal life. Yeah. And I had no memory of applying for this contest <laughs> and I had to ask them what the it was <laughs> what it was. Oh no. Did you not work did you not sort of try and track down the original I, I don't know if I you would did. have emailed it actually, but I did. Turns out the application was all online and they didn't send you like a Google form of what you like said in your application, like a lot of other things do. So right. there was no evidence for what I actually said when I applied or what I submitted. So I had to just be like, yeah, can you send it to me, please? <laughs> but yeah, so now I have a few days. I have about until Wednesday to hand in a script. Oh, wow. Um, but about 600 people applied and I'm in the top 10. So, you know. Humble brag, work, we live. We Not live. even humble. I have a huge ego at this point, but I had a huge ego while at university. So, um, <laughs> I mean, fabulous if you can't tell. absolutely. Like we love it when you, we love it when someone survives and thrives and it certainly sounds like you're doing that. I mean, I, <laughs> This is the thing. I had no idea what to expect when I've reached out to alumni to ask, oh, you know, what kind of things are you up to? What have you done? And I've just been so impressed so far with what I've heard people have gotten up to. And it's giving, it's making me hopeful. I mean, mm. hopefully I've got whatever it is you guys have got to help me get somewhere. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, I, can, no, I, can give you, I can give you good tips because a lot of it does feel like luck. And I think a lot mm. of it is luck so if you decide you want to work in tv i can give you like directions on where to go and stuff i mean not just for me but for everyone listening as well yeah what uh, tips have you got um well for starters uh mama youth project the training scheme i did very very tough and grueling and emotionally exhausting (laughs) but they take like uni (laughs) (laughs) this was definitely tougher than a i was gonna say i can imagine it's uh grind you yeah there's also screen skills which offer bursaries and stuff for various training and stuff like that um there's obviously the tv runners group because well let's the the main problem with that is like seventy thousand people and you're all fighting for the same thing Mm. so it's a bit difficult at that end but it is actually very very good and i have gotten interviews from there there's also a um, training scheme called PACT. And also, if you can ever afford it, 
Royal Television Society, they do like career fairs like once or twice a year in different yeah. areas, like one in London, one in Birmingham or something like that. Mm. Because they'll have CV sessions and they'll have people in companies who will accept your CV if you have it printed out and they will then interview you. I can also give CV tips, but they vary from genre. I was um, going to say. Like, for example, if you if you want to work in factual television, put your skills at the top of your CV. But if you work, want to work in drama or film, put your skills at the bottom. And there's literally no logical explanation. It's just preferred. The way it is. <laughs> yeah. An unspoken um, rule. Yeah. Also, be funny on your CV because that's gotten me a lot of interviews. Show, well, I, I suppose it shows charm. It shows personality. It shows probably that you'll work well with a team if you've got a good sense of humour. I put on my CV that uh, I failed archaeology A-level as like one of my hobbies and interests. <laughs> that went off massively. Everyone who talked to me absolutely loved it. Oh, girl, if we're, if we're things that we've failed to achieve it will help me get a job, I should be skyrocket into jobs then. <laughs> yeah, they, they like a good sense of humour. They like, mm -hmm. especially when you're applying for entry-level jobs, they kind of... Not pushing yourself down, but they'll, they won't mind a bit of self-deprecation in the name of humour. Yeah, as we were talking about before, I think it's, you don't want to go in too eager and too like, yes, I know, I know what I'm doing. I'm very, very serious about this. And because it, I don't know if I suppose they would find that too formal. As mm. you, you work in a creative industry with a lot of different people, and I think... Just showing that you can be, I suppose, a bit fun, a bit lighthearted is helpful in, I don't know, showing that you're not going to crash under the pressure, I suppose. I don't know. I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not, an, I don't employ people, but that's my logic of thinking of it. Also, for the, especially for the people who've done Demon FM, um, applying for work, it's, I don't like saying it because you shouldn't have to um, work for free, but if you can afford to, the BBC um, has... There's smaller local radio stations that will take on work mm. experience. So there's, yeah. I think there's Nottingham near Leicester, if, you, if anyone can afford to get there. I have three counties in Dunstable because I'm from Bedford, various places. Um, there's also um, a company called, I can't remember if they've gone under in the pandemic, but I worked for a company part-time um, editing sports videos mm. that were broadcasted online for a little bit. Very okay-ish pay but um it was zero hours and it helped me get runner work in between and stuff like that okay but it was a media job so it meant i got more interviews building up that sort of uh, repertoire and portfolio i suppose as well again mm -hmm. stick it on the cv it's it's what i've sort of some things that i've noticed with people that have graduated i'm a mature student i had a job before i came to uni but a lot How of them you? i'm 26 Oh, I'm only a year older than you. Because I, I, I started uni at 20, so. Yes. Now, I'm remembering the years that you said you attended. So, yeah, it's, it's about 18 and 20. That's people tend to start. Mm. I was 23. Um, yeah, no, people graduate, <laughs> seem to graduate and bless them. I think they have this idea that they're going to get pretty much straight into a job. Yeah, it's actually a real problem. Yeah. Um, if I think people are very lucky if they do manage to find a job or a, an apprenticeship or whatever within the career field that they want to go in. But 
this year especially I know people that graduated last year and still are still looking for work in their desired field um so I think it is about you need to have that sense of humbleness about you of taking some of those maybe not quite again if you can afford to do it maybe some of those not quite as well-paid job maybe doing some of the basically work for free stuff just so that you can build up those that cv a bit because in the long run it will probably help open more doors for you and more opportunities if you're in the position where you're lucky enough to move back in with your parents after Mm -hmm. uni i would definitely recommend going that route Mm. but if you just can't then it's going to be harder Mm. um there's one thing i should say that you should never put on your cv um and that's uh, for example when doing rewind technically my title was producer Mm. but in real life in radio it takes several years to become a proper fully-fledged producer Mm. and the same goes for director editor Mm. every single job title so when you want to talk about what you did for example um i worked for a company where um i edited um, some of their radio content and i edited music for the british podcast awards one year oh wow i shouldn't what you shouldn't do for say edited music for british podcast awards you shouldn't say music editor because that's a job you get 10 years down the line yeah yeah you would when you want to talk about that you would say edited this or acted as editor you have to be careful with your language because one or two yeah one or two things will happen one you either look like you don't know what the job actually entails Mm -hmm. or two they'll say they'll look at your cv and said a director's applying for this job that that must be a mistake throw that one away right i can also imagine they think it might be a bit pretentious as well if you did like you did that one thing that one time or in the case of you know demon produced a show for a year and you're like oh yeah i was a producer i was a producer and it's like kind of but not really calm down i suppose it could come across yeah, so a bit. if you were putting if you were putting um demon fm you'd probably say produced this mm-hmm. episode for a year or acted as producer mm-hmm. um just yeah because they either assume you don't know what the job title is or that you're that you applied by accident Mm. i've seen it actually happen to quite a few friends and there's also the additional problem where i think this happened with a couple where they ended up accidentally applying for a job that and and actually getting a job that um they were not prepared for and yeah they didn't know what to do and it becomes very obvious when you don't know what to do um, the same thing applies for um, camera and sound work. The cameras that you use at uni are nothing like the cameras you would use when recording professional content. Yeah. They're 1,010% different. <laughs> is, you're, you're just not going to know you need proper training. Mm-hmm. And the same for using a Zoom to record an interview for Demon FM when you're outside. It's completely different to the professional yeah. equipment you get in real life so you're just gonna be like yeah completely lost very very much uh jasmine in aladdin a whole new world of yeah (laughs) yeah it's complete for example my um other half he studied at the national film and television school Mm. which if you can get a bursary is a very very 
good way into the industry because they have lots of contacts. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting a job at Sky straight out of studying. Yes. Um, even after studying professional camera stuff for about a year at school, when he got a job as a camera assistant, he was still completely new and didn't know enough and so had to be trained still. Yeah. It takes years and years and years to get to where you would want to be. In film, you tend to be sort of runner level for maybe about five years before you start to move up. Yeah. Shorter, you do one or two years, but you still have so much to learn. Like, I could not leave this job and become a production coordinator or a line producer immediately. I'd still need a lot more training and I still need to do a lot more. Um, even if I'm not a runner anymore, I still need to go for a reasonable transition and learn a lot, lot, lot more. It's it's intense and it's fun for me at least. But yes. I'm not going to become a director tomorrow. No, no, no. It's as you say, you've got to build up to it. It's not a case of you step into the role and it's as I say, everyone's got to start somewhere on that on that ladder. It's very rare that I think people can just jump straight in and take to it naturally. It's never that simple, sadly. Um, Oh, same. I could be a millionaire by now if it was that simple. That would be the dream. That oh, that beach house in the Bahamas done for list dream. (laughs) My own private apartment in uh, Tokyo, or I don't know. I'm just listing my hopes and dreams off now. At the moment, my dream is a house with a garden. (laughs) I live in London. That's not going to (laughs) happen. I'm going to buy a flat if I'm lucky. The thing with the garden, I don't think I could be bothered to maintain it. Mm. Mm, that's, but then again, I'm lazy with things like that. Okay, or but a yeah. flat with a balcony then. A balcony with just some flower pots and some cactus, a cactus garden. I'd be good with that. That'd be my garden. Oh no, I've got a cactus at my current flat and I've killed most of it. I've killed a cactus. That's how terrible I am. <laughs> I was going to... You're not going to get pets when you move in anywhere, are you? <laughs> Mind you, a cat would be more self-sufficient. Cat, it... cactus. Are they not the same thing? Almost. Almost, you know. <laughs> you get bitten. Exactly. I can't believe I've just admitted to killing a cactus. <laughs> it, 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 it happens. Um <laughs> And then I suppose the last thing that I wanted to ask you is, you know, do you have any uh, memories or stories from your time in Dean? And, and a question that I'm quite, I quite like is, is there a particular song that reminds you of your time at Dean? And for me personally, it's Good As Hell by Lizzo. Whoa. I just remember hearing that so much in my second year on the radio, on uh, Demon FM. And That's a banger though. It is a banger. Go into life with the confidence of that song is my advice. Channel that song. Um, I think this is going to sound like a really, really silly one. Um, I can't even remember who it's by, but you know that fight song? This is my fight song. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, is it? Is it? It's Kelly Clarkson, isn't it? Okay. Stay away from the interview. I'm going to have a quick Google. It's by someone, and that's what matters. Oh no, it's not Kelly Clarkson. It's uh, Rachel Patton. I knew it Sorry. was a Rachel something. Okay, that's um, that's me. I'm sh- 
I, am I thinking of Stronger by Kelly Clarkson? Yes, Maybe. You are but of there we go. <laughs> um, it doesn't remind me of Demon FM for any sensible reason. Like, I don't even think I played it on any of my shows. But my friend Kat, when she was doing Outer Mission for two weeks in a row, played it as the last song, like as goodbye. <laughs> and so, I think you listen to your friend's show to be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, my friend every time i hear it i think of just my friends accidentally playing fight song accidentally mm, no accident. shows do have signature songs my friend hannah shout out to hannah uh would play uh venga bus at the end of every one of her shows so <laughs> I'd, I'd just sit there and I'd wait for that i can't sing any more of it because i don't know if we'll get I don't know how it copyrighted anyway, but yeah, no. So oh, maybe Vengabus reminds me a bit of my time at Demon as well. But Good as Hell and Oh, uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish as well. That was that was hot at the time. I only heard of Billie Eilish in 2019. I don't know if she was before 2019, but I was doing the trainee scheme on my youth project, and uh, I was one of the older ones. There were some people considerably older than me, but some of them were just some of the people were like 18, 20, and all of a sudden they're talking about Billie Eilish, and I'm just like, what is that? Who? Who's I completely, he? I completely missed her. <laughs> her memorable show moments. Uh, when I was doing Intermission, and it's probably not as much fun to talk about Intermission because it's a because it's one you have to do as part of a module, mm. but um, I was with a team, and me and the other girl on my team, Celeste, we liked to bicker a lot. And so I made it my mission to find a new way to torture her every <laughs> every show. So I would do a quiz and I would I'm I'm kind of a smart aleck, I guess. And um I would try and do a really, really difficult quiz where she would lose every week and there'd be a ridiculous punishment every week. So uh one week I had knowing that she could can't handle spicy food I gave her chocolate chili When we did an art themed show Because we'd interviewed Leicester Society of Artists Right um, For every question she got wrong I would draw on her face Permanent marker She's still got it on her face To this day No I'm kidding Oh yeah it was definitely Sharpie um, <laughs> <laughs> And just various things like that And then I remember we did um, I think this might have been for Rag Week We had to do our intermission show um, during Demons in Space Which was a live stream Yes um, And We were just chatting And she was just like Ellie Sometimes I think I'd suit being in space And I was just like Yeah because there's no oxygen there My dad was listening at the time <laughs> Everyone listening was just like The shade of it all <laughs> I just I just knew if I didn't take that opportunity I'd regret it. You've it's got to do it for the banter. You've got to. Yeah. If an opportunity <laughs> presents itself to have a little jab, a cheeky jab, you go for it. It makes like, fun If you can't bully your co-presenter, what's the point? Exactly. Move um, on. Yeah, so my dad was listening. And all I remember him saying with me, to me was, that was pretty good. Dad's <laughs> approval. Thanks, yeah. Dad. You support me in my life and my choices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't support me on Twitter 
constantly asked why, why I'm using that social media platform. But other than that, supports me most things. Just <laughs> <laughs> just not Twitter. <laughs> we'll take that. But yeah, um, I think intermission and outer mission were probably the most fun for me because you got a bit more prep time um, mm-hmm. planning the shows and you were required to be as creative as possible because, you know, your grades depended on it. Yes. So, you know, you went and found, it was a lot easier. It was, there was a lot more motivation to go out and interview someone mm. um, to think of new ideas and actually yeah. do the proper TV show or radio show styled prep. And oh, yeah, it was amazing. Just, it was so much fun. I do miss doing radio a lot, but I don't think I'd have the time to do it now. I'm struggling with making one episode of a podcast at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. Was yeah. podcast producer last year and it got to the point where I would literally spend pull all nighters in the editing studios in the Queen's building because it, it was great that so many people wanted to do them. Also, I was a bit of a perfectionist. I would listen yeah. through all the audio and I called it needlework. I would try and pick out every single bit of discrepancy within the sounds. And this year, because of <laughs> coronavirus, I, I did about three episodes of my own radio show. <laughs> That's it. Because from December to March, we've had like a complete shutout of the studio and it was about the same eight podcasts from the previous year going out in a loop. So it was a challenging year. Well, I won a competition recently and yeah, I got a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of funding to make my own podcast. And by the time I won the funding, I'd already recorded like most of the first episode with my mm. friend and I won by complete surprise. And I was like, oh no, crap. <laughs> now I have to make it and I'm insanely busy. Um, so I'm using the bulk of the money to hire an editor and a music guy. Um, it was too good for me, honestly, because I'm so, I'm so busy at work. I'm too slow to reply to emails. Like it takes like a week for me to remember. Um, but yeah, I'm doing it. A very, 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 very rude LGBT history podcast. Love that. Plug it. What's it called? Vikings versus Vikings. <gasps> Love that. Love the first that. Episode is so in- it's not out yet, but the first episode is so inappropriate. Because turns out Viking mythology is really, really sexual. <laughs> yes, kind of. I've- Dabble dipped into the world of Norse mythology and right, yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. it's right up there with Zeus. Oh, I was gonna say a word that I probably shouldn't say on here, but Zeus is horrible. If anyone's familiar with Greek myth, he's he's the ultimate. I can't say the word, mm. the classical boy archetype, but he transform um, into animals as well. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, it turns <laughs> out Odin might have done that to himself. And got magical powers. That's what my uh, Viking expert friend, who's my assistant producer. I'm <laughs> so intrigued by this now. Do a shameless plug. When it will be released, where can people find it? Well, I'm still talking with the company that funded me. So I'm not exactly sure. I'm assuming Spotify, but um, mm-hmm. it hasn't been decided yet. But the deadline is August 1st and it's in the editing stage at the moment. Okay. So <laughs> it will be up by then. <laughs> Um, and we're about to record the second episode and that will be me talking about which kings of England were gay. Yeah, LGBTQ plus history. Love mm-hmm. to hear it. We're getting it out there. 
it's very it's it's very very silly basically um i got annoyed with how boring i found historians um and i also kind of noticed they were being like i love history but a lot of history programs are dull and i kind of noticed that they were always being accidentally maybe unintent unintentionally biased in quotation marks mm. um when it came to talking about a certain famous king who was probably gay and so I was just like, hmm, I'm going to fix that. Well, <laughs> let's gonna get make started. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it silly and I'm going to call this man gay. I'm going to break all of the history rules. Put it on blast, teach the children. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't think children will be able to well, uh, listen due to yeah. the language we've used so far. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't expect so many to say so many swear words in half an hour. Like. It was impressive, even for me. <laughs> we love to hear it. We love to yeah. hear it. And it I'll send I'll send you a good link when it's finally out. <laughs> Please do. I'm so excited for you. It's again, you do some really cool stuff. You get up to some really cool things. And yeah, I, I feel inspired. <laughs> uh, I feel hopeful that there is stuff cool stuff out there to do after uni. As you say, it's a long road, it's a grinding road, but it's there. Yeah, it takes a lot of, I guess humble would be the word, it takes a lot of being humble and smart. Oh, I'm screwed if you're then. Under, if, you're, if you're under 25 and you can drive, get business insurance, because that will help speed things up. Because, yeah, they want, if you don't have your own van, um, they don't want to hire you, so get business insurance. Another pro tip, we've discussed so much, I don't, have any other questions for you are there any statements or other bits of advice that you'd like to uh, give or anything else that you'd like to end on so uh obviously a lot of you like every year you're going to be having exams especially those of you in your third year with your dissertation and yeah work hard on them but if you don't get the grade you wanted or expected don't freak out too much because at the end of the day um, you're going to always start at the beginning of your career. And although you can take what you learn into the workplace and talk about it, no one's going to expect you to have a 2-1 or a first at all. No one's going to mind or mention it. I have uh, dyslexia and dyspraxia, so my grades were not perfect and I'm still doing fine career-wise. So mm -hmm. don't put too much pressure on yourself if you're worried about that final grade. Yes, yeah. it's, it's going to be important to you personally, but it doesn't always have to be important to your career. It's not the be all and end all. It's not going to define your career or your career path. Yes, it's helpful to have them. But I, I think in the case of listening to you as well, it's having that tenacity and drive and your, your own personal traits that have helped you get where you are. And it will be the same for other people as well. If you can write a dissertation insanely quickly you'll be fine in tv or radio <laughs> having done that this year i will say do plan ahead at work which way best <laughs> suits you everyone works differently uh dissertation i still can't hear that word without at the moment i'm waiting uh, for my results to come back they were meant to come back yesterday there's been a delay and the anticipation is killing me it is what it is <laughs> no it's either way you'll do fine you'll be mm absolutely fine and you'll find a career you're interested in 
Thank you so much, Ellie. You've been so interesting to talk to. I feel I've learned so much from you. You've got the, you've got the stories. You've got the. You, I, you just sound like you're absolutely smashing it. Honestly, uh, you're doing some incredible things. And as you say, you're only just at the start, pretty much, of what will hopefully be a long and fruitful career path. So, I mean, claps to you. Well done, honestly. Um, but yes, thank you so much for joining me today and doing this interview. Um, and yes, hopefully, I'm going to be keeping an eye out now for films you're in. I'm going to rewatch uh, Wonder, Woman. The Eternal, Wonder Woman and The Eternals when that comes out. And I'm going to be there, like, looking out for your name. And I'll be like, I know her. I'm not even sure if I've got an accredit in that one because there's this certain rules about um, the percentage of the production you've worked on for getting a credit. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah. So even that long list of credits at the end is not necessarily everyone that worked on it. That's, Ooh. oh, my <laughs> God, and okay, wow, even more big up props to the teams that put all these things together then, because mm-hmm. it's imp- an impressive feat, you, it's creating art, which sounds a bit wacky, screw it, I'll say that, but you are really, you're making something that's going to last the ages, and yeah, just amazing, thank you so much Ellie for joining me and uh, giving up some of your time this weekend. And yeah, I can't wait to see and hear what you get up to in future. I can't wait to see and hear what you get up to. Please keep in touch with me. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> At the minute, I'm still enjoying having my time back and my personal life back. I've not started hunting for media-related jobs yet. I'm just... Don't worry about any of it. <laughs> <laughs> when I get that final grade through, I will update my LinkedIn. I will update my CV or like a CV template that can be easily switched around and yes i can help you with the cv if you want i'm pro at cvs now god bless do you know what i might actually take you up on that i love fixing other people's cvs (laughs) (laughs) this garbage let me show you how to do it and i would be okay with that i'd be like yes please dear god i need the help But no, thank you so, so much. I will stop chewing your ear off and let you get back to enjoying your weekend, enjoying cuddles with your niece. And yes, thank you so much for joining me today and for just being so wonderful. Cheers. Thank you for having me. No problem. You take care and all the best. All the best to you too. Bye. Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.